this is our podcast. We call it Something to Say. Today, we're talking about Radrick Davis. Also, the clips. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. So, uh, that was great. I felt like, it felt like Mr. Rogersy. I was just about to say that. I'm yeah, not even shitting felt, you. Yeah, no, I felt Mr. Rogersy. I'm like, we're going to roll with this in. That's you got a nice your cardigan on now? For this I should put. Cool I, should, I, feel, yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like I did him with this. I almost wore a cardigan today, actually. Oh. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the cardigan that made me do it. energy. The, the energy that was the energy. You think Gucci Man has ever worn a cardigan? I'm sure he's probably worn a cardigan. I mean, now certainly as yeah, Gucci now spokesman, he's probably he's probably he has certainly yeah, worn a cardigan. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how the old Gucci he was when he first wore a cardigan last year. <laughs> last year, like a year <laughs> so within the last three years. I remember when he was a child. Yeah, maybe that's what. Yeah, that's when you don't have a choice. It's like yeah, you're gonna put on this cardigan and these like, right. penny loafers, and then like. But like between the ages of twenty and thirty three, he didn't have he one. He didn't on. have one. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. He did put out a lot of good music during that time, though. Great music, actually. He did put out a lot of good music at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start with with Radrick Davis? Oh man, well. I guess we should talk about who he was at the time first, slash okay. what it felt like to revisit this album this particular time. I mean, I remember this album pretty clearly, but that's because Gucci Mane is like this larger than life figure. He was already like this larger than life figure. And this was supposed to be like his major label debut. Which album? The State Versus Rachel Davis. Yeah, State Versus. 2009. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Damn, it's really been that long. Huh? Yeah, it's been. It feels longer when he's you think about it. He's been through a lot it. of shit. In Yo, mm-hmm. he's been versus the state for ten years. Yeah, it was pretty apparent that they wanted like they wanted Gucci down. Like we've had enough of you and all of these various shenanigans. Like we're we're going to put you away. And for a while, it looked like he was. They were going to be successful. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't sure that Gucci was ever going to get out to be able to even do this album. Right. 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 He went right back in afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. He's getting ready to release this album. And yeah, the state was just kind of like, actually, yeah, you yeah, need to go back. Yeah, we, yeah we, need, we need you over here for a second. And he had just completed some like rehab program after like he violated his probation. So he thought he was like done, done. And then all of a sudden he gets this call that's like, well... You need to do some more time. His real name is Radrick Davis, and today a judge ruled Davis violated the terms of his probation. Fox Size Justin Gray has the story. Roderick Davis wore a t-shirt emblazoned with his rap name Gucci Mane in decor. He wore handcuffs on his way out. A judge revoked a year of his probation, sending the rapper straight to the Fulton County Jail. That's just fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up. <laughs> like, it's hard enough to play in your life as a, as a human being when you you know under when you feel like you're under the, the the eye of the law that you can't do anything but trying to be an artist and trying to put out music and trying to like have a whole career like i don't know it's just i mean i guess it's a testament to him already being that larger than life figure right mm-hmm. like him already establishing himself as you know this album wasn't just anticipated or a big deal because he was getting out of jail and it was like who was this guy getting out of jail? you know it wasn't like a I mean, 50 didn't go to jail, but it wasn't a 50 cent thing where there was like a spectacle with someone who you might not have familiarity with. Like, well, you unless, you did, unless you didn't know who Jeezy was. 
That was a thing. The the lines between reality and fiction were already blurred by this time. Yeah. You know, basically Gucci had already shot one of Jeezy's associates in self-defense because he remember that time where uh, somebody broke into, I guess, a woman's house that he was like sleeping mm-hmm. over. You know, he and he and Jeezy were already beefing because of So Icy. Right. Because of the fact that like, first of all, they couldn't even seem to argue. They couldn't seem to agree on who the song belonged to. And basically, like from there on out, like Jeezy tried to act distant. Gucci was like, what the fuck? Fine or whatever. So um, I think the uh, the real life rap sheet built up the mystique. leading up to the state versus Ray Duke Davis because there was no telling where he was going to go next, whether that was like in the song or like in real life. I remember not being worried about Gucci in jail. It was more like he was in timeout, you know? Mm. This is a rap star. And we saw T.I. go to jail and T.I. shot a video in jail. So I don't he did? think- Yeah, you don't remember? No. I think like the motivation video. You remember that, right? The motivation video. Hold on, let me pull it up. I gotta I pull it up. Yeah, like... What county? Some cops got in trouble. Had to be... F- yeah, uh-huh. look at it. I think it was like a Fulton County. Okay. Something happened with T.I. Anyway, so I don't think I had any real idea that jail was something that was gonna pit a rapper out of their career. And Coochie's on the radio, you know, with Usher. It, Usher made Yeah. So he has a song with Usher, uh-huh. which is crazy, because he also made So Icy. So he's a street rapper, obviously. Has this rap sheet, but he has like R&B stars. And he has like hit records. So Jail didn't seem real. And this album just felt like Jail was promotion. Like Mm. it was just something to be part of the marketing. I mean, it definitely didn't hurt. Not not at all. Like it definitely didn't hurt. Commercially, I feel the records were ringing off and Gucci wasn't even out. Like imagine Gucci was out in the streets when like wasted was like to really that. be able to push yeah. that agenda. A spotlight. There's so many records he did not get a chance to campaign for, and they were still ringing off. Yeah, and there's probably there's really not a lot of artists. I don't think they could really do that. Not have that many records ringing off and not be there to support them or to even get that kind of uh, to even get that kind of feedback from your records and just not be home time and time again. Um, I mean, not to mention that, like, on the Billboard 200, he managed to actually break the top 10, which I think is pretty remarkable. From jail. From jail, basically. Like, he's surpassing the likes of Black Eyed Peas, first of all. And at that time, that's crazy because, (laughs) like, Black Eyed Peas, you couldn't even, you couldn't turn any corners. You couldn't walk into a gap. You couldn't walk past, like, Auntie Annie's pretzel place (laughs) in the mall (laughs) without hearing... Some version of the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> here comes Gucci Mane from right. East Atlanta with crack on him. <laughs> Dethroning the pop star. That's a beautiful thing. Oh, my God. But go ahead. What did you all think of this album, like revisiting it? For me, it was like I, I tried not to do like too much nostalgia. Okay. Just because I feel like, I don't know, nostalgia is a weird thing to me. But it's a prison. Yeah, that's how that's how I look at it. It's a prison of like, okay, you're back in the day. Like, I don't just want to be back in the day all day. But this did remind me of a time when, I guess, because at this time I hadn't even started working at Bicep yet. So for me, it was kind of like a figure it out 
kind of time. Like I'm in between jobs, and so I think listening to this album, it was kind of like a. Uh, it felt like a hustler motivation. It felt like a like okay, like things obstacles are against you. It's like you know the state versus me, and it's like you got to go out there and kind of figure out what your life is going to be about. And by no means was I facing jail time or any type of incarceration, but at the same time, you know, it's a, you know, I guess it's a prison of your own making. Mm. And, and you know, um, going outside and being in clubs and being at parties and, like, hearing these songs go off, it just gave you that feeling of, damn, all right, this is what has to get done, you know? So, so for me, it just felt good. It was like... Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just that that motivating feeling, that feeling of like I could wake up in the morning and play this album. And this was like I wasn't a huge, huge Gucci Mane fan from the very, very beginning. So by this time, I'm like, okay, I get it now. So I'm all the way invested in like the Gucci message. <laughs> the Gucci message. <laughs> yeah, the Gucci huh? message. The Gucci way. See, that's so interesting because everything you're talking about in regards to a trap motivational figure for me that's Jeezy mm -hmm. whereas Gucci I felt like was more so the rock star appeal like that's what he symbolizes for me um <laughs> this album was almost perfectly timed to my move to Atlanta I had already done like an internship and things like that but so I had spent a couple of months already like in Atlanta just trying to you know, get my bearings and things like that. But I wasn't at the place where I could fully understand Gucci's mush mouth flow yet. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I was still being like, what did he say? And I would like rewind shit back and I would blame it on the mix or I'd blame it on like, you know, his Alabama upbringing or whatever. But really like kind of seeing him literally go in and out of jail because in May, 2010, I guess after this album's release, you know, Mike and I saw his release of Fulton County Jail where he read from a press release with a fresh haircut and announced his new signee, Walk a Flock of Flame, right? Um, like, he had that rock star appeal, like, almost from the jump. Yeah. So. That was uh, a crazy thing to watch. Like, I'm, like, online looking at people talk about, you know, being outside the jail <laughs> and waiting and waiting. And, like, right. the atmosphere just felt tense like we're waiting for something to pop off and be there were mtv cameras and i remember shawty low was there it wasn't that many people right i don't know if you saw my face in there that'd be so hilarious if you did but yeah it definitely felt like a really momentous occasion because you knew that people have flown in to see what was going on with this guy right that felt really important yo you were like what oh oh oh, oh. hot off the Wait, what have we here? We, we no, have documents? Man. We have incoming documents? Mike has saved the press release. First and foremost, I would like to thank my legal counsel, Dwight Thomas and Michael Holmes, for their ex excellent representation, as well as my label, Asylum and Warner Brother Records, for sticking with me through my situation and helping me through my time in bars. Which, which matters. Yeah. yeah, which matters. They deserve to be shot yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they could have dropped it. Easily could have dropped it. Like, oh, they held them down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They, 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 they powered through. I like this annotation. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, I want to thank all my fans for their support while I have been away. Your, wor your letters and your words of encouragement have helped me make it through. None of my success would be possible without you. 
I have made some mistakes in my life that have hurt a lot of people who care about me. I've worked very hard to get past them, but those mistakes have brought me to where I am today and they will not be repeated. These past six months have been a difficult time, but fortunately I've learned a great deal from my experience. I was able to do a great deal of soul searching. I'm coming out with a new attitude in life. Unfortunately, my incarceration also came at a pivotal point in my career, just as my major first major label album was dropping. I was forced to miss what should have been one of the proudest moments of my life. This is something that I will make sure never happens again. My time in jail was trying, but I grew from it and am now a stronger and better person. Uh, with that in mind, I've already begun to make positive strides toward the future. I've launched a new label, 1017 Brick Squad Records. Make sure you mention that. Shout out the people then. Shout out the guys. Make sure that, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this public apology thing, but make sure that I get my shit off in here. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting back in business and to start making hits. I'm extremely excited about my new album, The Appeal, which will be dropping at the end of the summer. Over the course of 2010, 1017 Brick Squad Records will also be releasing albums from my artist, Waka Flocka Flame. I should note that Waka is spelled W-A-C-K-A. There's a whole promotion on that. Like this, this smooth pivot from like uh, earnestness and like contrition to like, yeah, but I need to get this money though. Yeah, Master P would be so proud. Super proud of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In July, I will be heading out on a nationwide tour, hitting venues across the country, and continuing the movement. Because I'm hot out here. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm fresh out of jail and I'm hot out here. See, that's a rap star press release. Yeah, absolutely. That's coming out to the people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Like, I would put that whole thing on, like, the back of a hoodie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So For immediate release? Yes. The whole, the, yeah, screen print the entire press release on the back of a hoodie and just have people when you're at the bar just like, oh shit, like, that's a conversation piece. Oh my God. It is a conversation <laughs> piece. That's a conversation. Somebody's going to ask you, somebody's going to be behind you reading it, like, is this about you or like, like, no, 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 baby, this is about Gucci Mane. See, it says, and it's titled Statement by Gucci Mane Upon Release from Fulton County Prison. Right. So there you go. I love that. So pretty much make it clear. And that you believed great. them too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Waka was about to heat up. Mm -hmm. The hits were about to come. You for know, sure. like Gucci had this, this was a pivotal point for him because, you know, Jeezy was big and T.I. was big. And Gucci was in this interesting space where he could have been like a rap star. It wasn't you know? fully, fully mainstream. Yeah. But he was mixtape heavy, mm -hmm. underground heavy. Like there was love. And he was just missing a few of those big moments to push him over the edge. And like, he just, he got there now, but yeah. then he wasn't quite there yet. Well, that's the thing I was thinking to myself as you were reading it was that everything that he's saying there, it, it was the right thing, but he wasn't like all the way there, like mentally, spiritually, physically. He's there now, but it still took him like, Couple more head bumps to like really smooth the thing out. He admits in his autobiography that this was all a lie. I mean, it, it, was I mean, it sounds like doctor. It sounds yeah, it's a press like, release. Yeah, it's a press <laughs> release, right? Like, what do you get out of a press release? Like, of course you say all those things. <laughs> right, right. But like, what's interesting about the state versus Radrick Davis is how he tries to balance the initial appeal of his mixtapes was some of these temple moments that I think 
distinguish like a major label release from pretty much like everything else, right? Mm. I'm mostly thinking about like the R&B features, like Akeisha Cole, um, mm. an Usher, but then also he managed to get a whole gamut of just people in general on here. Like Bun B, Devin the Dude, and E-40 are on a single track. Man, that's a that's a hell of a posse cut. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just to have those four. Like, I would listen to an album from those whole four guys. They sound good together, yeah, too. Yeah, like, it sounds right. It feels like, like it everyone works. brings the certain kind of energy that makes sense together. The uh, record with Wayne and Cameron also kind of yeah. caught me by surprise because I was like, getting Wayne at this time was a good little Hell thing yeah. to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, took some work, but him and Cam, yeah, you know, you the man. Not to mention all the beats with uh, Bangladesh because that's yeah. the thing because Bangladesh and Lil Wayne are both coming off of a, a million at the time. Yeah. yeah, Bang getting lemonade was nice. Yeah, <sighs> that beat is wild. Stupid, and it still goes crazy. Like when I saw him at uh at one music fest, like I was in the back of the back of the back, and like that shit still slapped. Now Bangladesh was super hot at this time. He, like, was, he was bad. He definitely gets a lot of credit for like this, not for like Gucci's whole career, but for this era of what Gucci was mm-hmm. giving us. Like Bangladesh mm-hmm. definitely gets a lot of credit for that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, Gucci definitely had his core production team. Fat Boy, Shardy Red, Zaytoven, mm, yeah. Drummer Boy, and yeah, everything. Drummer Boy too. Yeah. Um, and it feels like what Bangladesh, what Bangladesh did though, was kind of make that sound all the bigger, so that with Wasted, it all kind of rung true. Like that's mm. the thing that I find really interesting about Gucci was that like he's definitely owning up to being of the trap. You know yeah. what I mean? But he's also really conscious of the fact that. There are some white boys looking his way now, and he's like, you know what? While I'm here, yeah, let's while get I have you. Your, while I have come your on over. <laughs> yeah, come on yeah, over. Yeah, let's yeah, party yeah. together. Let's yeah. hang together. Yeah, that was an interesting thing too because I don't know if I can. There might have been someone before him, so I don't want to say first, but like he might have been. I felt like Gucci Mane was one of the first, like beloved, ironic hipster favorites, oh like. At that time, I knew there was, like you said, there was a lot of like white boys who probably didn't listen to any, not other rap, they probably listened to rap, but they might not have necessarily listened to any other artists like Gucci Mane, except mm-hmm. Gucci Mane. Like, mm. Gucci Mane just, I don't know, he turned into like, like seeing seeing Gucci Mane on like a Supreme T isn't a surprising thing to me. Right, like, right, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, Coach K has talked to me before about how when Diplo reached out saying that he was a fan of Gucci Mane, you know, he saw that as like a total asset. And so his whole appeal to like the EDM community, not to mention the inception of like the trap EDM that I think people were like wringing their hands over was very much a concerted effort to like nurture that crossover appeal, which I thought was like really interesting. Um, But the other thing too is that I guess the difference between like a Bun B and like a Gucci is that I guess with like UGK tapes, these are all kind of being circulated in person. I mean, they're doing it really effectively, but I feel like now 
like a Gucci main tape is all the more accessible to like these suburban white boys because of the internet, because everybody can access like a dap piff and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. So it's not like you have to go search and really hunt that down. If, yeah, you wouldn't have to be necessarily in East Atlanta. No, absolutely not. You can live through it vicariously. And it's a lot of it too. Yeah, he wasn't like, shy about it. He fed the, the streets. Yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking about how wasted was so perfect. Like, it's a song about getting drunk. But to be a rapper, you and make it like not ironic. Like yeah. Kendrick made swimming pools, which is like a super like constructed record mm-hmm. that says the same thing, you know. But white like wasted something like a rock star. Yeah. And then like shirt off. Shirt off to me was the wild record. <laughs> yeah. Cause Gucci didn't look like the guy that would take his shirt off. But you know then he put the, he like, take yo, his shirt off. That whole here. record yeah. rung off. Yeah. He made you feel like you wanted to jump on the table. And I can't say like, that's that's not Jeezy. Jeezy was like, no, Jeezy was gonna have you on the corner selling bricks, and then Ti was gonna have you on the corner selling bricks. But Gucci, man, he was in the bar. On the <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was very much about his business, if the lyricism is to be believed, absolutely. But the way he is, the how playful like his wordplay is, I think yeah. is like really key to driving that image home. Versus like, I feel like. Jeezy gets interviewed by Forbes as like the manager of the year or something. Mm. And then T.I. gets the distinction of employee of the year. Gucci's concerned with the happy hour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but literally like of all the of all the trap rap, like everybody else, like Lemonade makes sense for Gucci Mane because as just an, as a general idea, he is a lot, you know, he's the dope boy with the smile. Like there wasn't really any. I don't. I don't really think anybody, Dwaka or Ti or Jeezy. Like these are all meme mug guys. Mm-hmm. These are all like you know. I feel like Gucci had a meme mug, but I feel like Gucci show you his teeth. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like that's a good point. He wasn't like it, to be playful and to be fun and to not be like, yes, I'll shoot the shit out of you and I will sell these bricks, but like. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> he was charming. I, yeah, I'm charming. I have joy in my heart, and I want to share that joy with you. He's kind of like Mr. Rogers in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. That, I think there's something there. I like how that came full circle. Wow, that was that was good. I mean, he does talk about Big Bird diamonds in there. You see what I'm saying? So it's all public te- television, public access, quality television for children. Welcome to the neighborhood. No. Okay. <laughs> Just a walking commercial. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Maine. Come on in, Mr. Maine. So, Pusha T. Has he ever reminded you of Mr. Rogers? No. Never. No, 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 no. Pusha T. Pusha T. Who does Pusha T remind me of? It's not Mr. Rogers. It's like, I don't know. Who's. I'm trying to think of like an evil villain. <laughs> like that's who that's who pushes you your mind. Like Cobra Doom. Commander or Dr. Yeah. Doom or like one of those type of people. Like the diabolical evil, like Pusha T does the Mr. Burns thing a lot, like with his fingertips. <laughs> like I feel like that's I feel like that's Pusha T. It's funny because the clips and Gucci, they both rapped about selling drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big bricks. But you know, Coke rap and trap music kind of got distinguished differently like what made the clips coke rap because they dropped on the same day right like till the casket drops and the state versus rager davis dropped the same week and i don't think they were kind of considered the same kind of hip-hop even though they both sold drugs 
absolutely. And there were and there's situations where where I mean I guess maybe there were similarities but then like huge differences too because I mean this that that album for the clips was a pretty big album too because it was kind of it was them getting out of their situation like with Jive Records. Yeah, with Jive. Like they were unhappy with how the shit was going over there. Jive basically put the album out on some like here. <laughs> like it's just out now, right? So there was no real promo. There wasn't like a huge single. And they were in a space where, you know, Gucci is in there. Now, I mean, obviously, you know, he said he came back and said those are all lies. But like in the press release, <laughs> Gucci talks about the record label sticking with them. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, he still was able to put out his major record, you know, major la- label release and had smashes on them. And the mm-hmm. clips did. They had records on there that I love, but they had no support from the regular label. Like, You're talking about Hell Half No Fury versus The Casket, Till the Casket Drops. Because Till the Casket Drops dropped on Columbia. Versus Hell Half No Theory came out on Jive, but only after like years long purgatory. Yeah, they were just sitting there and being like, when the hell is this coming out? When is this shit ever going to come out? They were so angry, they had nothing better to do but just keep working on it. I mean, I think the clips are, um, I mean, as far as what the difference is, is that I think clips always rapped about Coke in a way that was almost elitist. Elitist? Yeah, like it was like Gucci (laughs) rapped about Coke. Coke and bricks on like a real that. like dirty fingernail level. I never got the impression that Pusha T nor Malice had dirty fingernails. Like I always felt like they were selling their Coke. Like I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm making phone calls to sell my Coke. Like I don't. I'm not like like it's an operation. <laughs> it's an operation. I'm not standing on the corner in, like for days and days and days. Like I'm selling bricks, like big bricks. Mm. Like, they just mm-hmm. it, they rapped about it from a from a um, it was a real I like elitist. It was it was a very elitist it, it way feels they very about like it. high class. It's very high class, it's very haughty, it's very like pretentious coke rap where it's like I don't <laughs> like every rap every line of a clip song is like like looking down their nose at you while they rap to you about how small and insignificant you are. Like they, I never even, That's I don't think I've heard got. that level of arrogance. <laughs> like it was new to me. It felt good. It was like, oh wow. Like I know some like cocky rappers, but you, you two, <laughs> the two of you mm-hmm. to do it in a different kind of way. That's Virginia. Yeah, that's Virginia. That's that's Virginia. Because right I agree there. with you. Yeah, like really. They were real snooty, snooty, <laughs> snooty drug dealers. Man. Like, damn, bro. Like, like, all right. Their beats were nicer. Mm-hmm. Like, not nicer. Like, technically, like they were just shinier. So, yeah, shinier, crisper, you know, cleaner. Like, I mean, the Neptune's beats were going for like a million dollars, and you guys are rapping on them <clears throat> about selling coke. <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. these are records that so Justin wants. Well, I feel like at least with Hell Have No Fury. That was an excuse for the Neptunes to like go darker, get a little bit dingier, yeah. relatively speaking. Relatively speaking, yeah. but you know what, what I mean? Do, like, yeah. you know, as Pharrell is working on records, like Drop It Like It's Hot, uh-huh. and you know, like really <clears throat> scoring like these major crossover hits, Clips was always the Neptunes' excuse to like stay rooted in the streets. Please open doors, please, please open doors. Yeah. Make your skin crawl, press one button, let the wind fall. Who gon' stop us? Fuck the coppers, the mind of a kilo shopper. Seeing my life through the windshields of choppers. I ain't spent one rap dollar in three years, holler. Money's the least, drag the bitch by a dog collar. Now hold follow, 
This is my ghetto story like sham ice pea is the done daughter. Open the frigid there, 25 to life in here. So much white, you might think your holy Christ is near. I always think of Ender the Dragon for some reason. Yeah. Like I would like something like real orchestral, but like really ominous and like super dark. Ender the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Versus till the casket drops, where you have a lot of involvement from Pharrell. You have a lot of Neptune's beats, but they all kind of have this weird sheen to it that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me given the subject matter. shiny suits beats and ironically it's not coming from the people who previously work with like puff daddy or anything like that mm. so it's like a weird there's definitely like some weird cognitive dissonance even to this day i try to be like a lot kinder to the album when i re-listen to it but even even today i was just kind of like mm. i didn't love it on re-listen there's moments like i still love the cam record I, I love that Cameron is on I both still, of these albums yeah, yeah, that we're talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. There's something about him being a spirit animal. <laughs> well, that's the thing about it, right? Like Cam, Cam went through a lot of eras, and like has I'm not saying he has had to like piggyback off another artist to like survive, but I feel like in whatever era he's in, I think he's always had respect. Like the artists of that time have always found at some point, like you've done a record with Cameron. Mm -hmm. If you're a rapper who's yeah. serious about rapping, especially on the East Coast, <laughs> but I think anywhere is like at some point you did a record with Cameron. Like that's what and you wanted to do a record. And with And you wanted Cam to do a record with Cameron. You, you know. knew it was gonna be a good one if y'all came up with something. Cam was that made the man. Yeah, yeah, he was one of them guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I guess the difference also is that like both of these albums feature Cameron, but I remember. Now with the state versus Rachel Davis, Gucci Mane also shouts out Max B, which I didn't catch until today because I guess I didn't know who Max B was at the time. But it totally makes sense now that like Gucci be on, would be on this wavy tip versus I think with Clips being in Virginia, you tend to feel a stronger kinship with stuff coming out of New York rather than in the South because a drive to New York might be three, four hours, five hours away. Versus, like, if you want to come down to Atlanta, as we just did over Thanksgiving, like that's eight hour drive, seven hour drive, ten hour oh, drive. I wish, like, ten to twelve. Yeah, wow. like that's not. You're not really. Like, I mean, I, like y'all definitely had slaves and shit. Let's don't get it fucked up. But like, y'all not. <laughs> that Thomas far. Jefferson was there. Yeah, God yeah, damn yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Y'all had slaves and shit, but it wasn't. But y'all still like that, bro. You're pretty, <laughs> I just want to make it clear because what I was gonna say was like y'all not really the South, but if people would oh, feel okay. like that the South and is Thomas like Thomas Jefferson it, had slaves. It slaves, yeah, yeah, in yeah, your yeah. state, right? Then You've had was, to make this defense before. I mean, I can tell. Yeah, I just wanted to be clear that that's what. Thank it you. Is. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. But I like that note because. Gucci on the intro, he says, uh, we're not playing Blueprint 3, where yeah. I'm from. Like, the way he says it, I was like, dang, just disrespect Jay. <laughs> yeah, like that. But, like, I can imagine the clips would be like, we love Jay. Mm -hmm. You oh, know, yeah, like, that yeah, difference yeah. between, probably because they're closer 
to you know New York, Jay was probably like huge. But Gucci makes Jay sound like just like a plastic bag. Like this is just nothing. Blueprint three, we're not playing that. We're not playing that. Like, we're on some other shit. Like right. I think I remember this. I don't know. I don't know where or when this particular interview was. But if I'm not mistaken, I feel like someone had asked Gucci something about Jay Z one time, and he was like, "Fuck Jay Z, he's not my daddy." <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I think now they have a good relationship. But I feel like I remember Gucci. Now, now granted, Gucci said a lot of things at one point that he went back and took back because of yeah. like he was <laughs> not in the most sober of states. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gucci said a lot of wild shit around this time sure. on, on Twitter about various people. But um, but yeah, no, I can't imagine. I I can definitely see where Gucci would feel like. That's not like whatever that is. I'm not into that. Like I'm more on Earth. That shit sounds like Mars. Yeah. You know, like. Well, speaking of Jay Z, when I, I guess I want to get to the reason, yo, why you didn't really like Till the Casket Drop. But for me, the first thing I thought of was like a Kingdom Come, and I don't even mm. know if that comparison like completely holds. But I feel I still feel like there was this larger, more concerted effort to have stuff that was like hooky and like quote unquote like singles in a way that felt very much just like part of a template as opposed to really getting to what made clips appealing in the first place. I agree. It feels like 2006. Cause that's like when Kingdom Come came out, Jay had all of these big singles and they, they, they felt big, but something was flat about them. I feel like a lot of the songs, they're not bad songs. It's just like something's flat. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously they're the clips now. I think Pusha says, uh, this is a verse for my critics to jack off to. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Who cares, yeah, dude? Exactly. But you can kind of see they feel like we're like rap legends now. Mm -hmm. Two classics. and Not to say it made them lazy, but I feel like the subject matter wasn't as like focused or as pointed as I'm used to them being. Like their writing just felt very lax. And the beats just weren't as inspired as I wish they were. Mm -hmm. But it's still not bad. Like there's some there's some gems. Right. Yeah, there's some cool moments on there. But I think I feel you on the Kingdom Come thing because to me it definitely feels like this isn't an album that we like crafted over a significant period of time. It, it kind of just feels like we just doing records and then we did these records and now they're on this album. But it's not, you know, it it, it almost sounded like those records could have gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. Not not like, okay, we're making to the casket drops. So what is to the casket drops about? It's about this, 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 and this. It was kind of like, here's 12 records. We're going to call these 12 records to the casket drops <laughs> and then put it out and it's like yeah you like know. we recorded these songs over seven months yeah so let's and, just and, throw and them put together. them out and here they are this right. is the album we got a can feature we got a kanye feature yeah we did a song with kanye right um carrie hilson is on this album shout out to the homie carrie hilson. yeah shout carrie out to carrie hilson but yeah i just felt like it's crazy um yeah it just wasn't and plus you know at this point they had expectations mm -hmm. as far as like Lord Willing was a huge album. You come back the second go round with, you know, with label issues and things mm -hmm. like that. Like mm -hmm. this is supposed to be 
that thing. It's mm-hmm. the three P. Right. And it doesn't really the fireworks don't exactly yeah. go off, you know, is is how it could have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um I think the thing with clips is that you're starting to see the differences more than the similarities between the two mm-hmm. versus I guess with the first two clips albums, I always thought of them as like different sides of like the same coin. You yeah. know, Pusha T was very much of the the hustler mindset um, versus Malice tended to um, express a little bit more regret. And so they, they always felt like they worked in tandem. But I feel like this, like with Till the Casket Drops, I don't know if it's because of the beats or something like that, but it feels like you're starting to see these two different personas like sort of emerge. And to me, it kind of sounds like they're a little bit disconnected in that regard. What's interesting is that I forget the interview, but Malice, it might've been, had said, maybe I'm prefixed that the plan dur- after the release of Till the Casket Drops was apparently another Clips album, but then they always had solo albums in their mind. Right. Also. So at this particular time, they're already looking to a time where, okay, maybe we get to you know, take a break from each other and kind of explore our own paths of creativity and stuff. Although of course now, like we know that they would almost, they wouldn't get back together until Kanye made them yeah. just this past year. Um, so I think that's interesting. What the hell? <laughs> Things are burning. <laughs> Something outside is burning down. We don't know what it is, yeah. but that was the sound that you heard is someone going to stop whatever it is that's burning. So They heard Kanye and they were like, and they were like eh, <laughs> get out of here. The other thing too is that with clips, they've always, to me, kind of taken more cues from like a... Uh, a mob deep and a notorious big mm-hmm. in the sense that there's lifestyle in there sure but the flows were definitely a little bit more intricate versus like i feel like until the casket drops you sort of hear them engage in the punchline type rap mm-hmm. that push a t would do later on it's just that here it sounds like a clunkier attempt to go more pop. It's, it's not all the way refined. Right, right. Which I do yeah. think is interesting because if if you listen to like a move that dope, you know, Pusha T is definitely relishing in he's like the horniest of punchlines, except he's now he's room. like totally embodied this comic book villain persona. Like he right. is the now Joker it reads now. Right. Young enough to still sell dope, but old enough that I know better. When they singing it's 42 for that white powder, I know better. Get it, nigga, I know better. Put a smile on the devil's face. Who don't want to sell dope forever and flood they rolling to the vessel break? Woo! Fish scale and the two doors that I fish tails. Fiberglass, Ferrari leather, and designer shit that I miss bells. Yeah. He had to step away to fully embrace that because i don't think malice ever wanted that like no. ever. he didn't want to be a character and you could definitely hear that they're going their separate ways <laughs> on this album like, right but yeah Pusha t definitely needed room to be that like it's almost like they were harvey dent and then he got tired of being the clean side so <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, just want, I just want to take over this whole face yeah. like i need you to get the fuck out of here so that i can oh, do no. The shit that never mind. That's, that's nice a good way of looking at it. Yeah, like never mind. Like two face. Yeah, I'm two, but I'm with two one face. face. But yeah, but now I want to just be one face. So I'm just gonna fuck up the other side of my face <laughs> so that we have uniformity, and then I can go forward, and then you can go do whatever you want to do. So you're gonna sell that to DC Comics, right? Sure, absolutely. Okay, awesome. Absolutely, give me a call. <laughs> All we do is give away money on this here podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, 
I mean, to me, with these two albums, it's really interesting looking back on it because I think at the time, I don't know if we were writing these people off per se, but certainly we couldn't have predicted that these people were going to stick around for so long. Yeah. First of all, you didn't know how Gucci Mane's legal situation was going to pan out. Right. No. You yeah. thought that, uh, and then, you know, at the time, I feel like a Columbia Records debut that doesn't sell well would have spelled out just the end for, for sure. both of the Thorntons. Absolutely. So neither one of these are classics, right? No, well, this, the clips one. I don't think the clips one is a classic. Oh, sure. The Gucci no. Mane one comes real close. It's very close. It's actually. real yeah, close. It's real close. And I mean, part of it is like trying to gauge how much of the mystique of this album do you put on it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, are we just judging the music, or are we going to take oh, encompass the whole? Oh, some of the flows that were just so crazy, considering how like mushy his mouth sounds it's like he's, how, got, he's figured yeah. out how to like get that shit he's off he's still tap dancing yeah. you know he's drinking the, all that lean when he does the Amy Winehouse rehab yes yeah. almost <laughs> flipped today yeah. cause I totally forgot about it and then just hearing it now and that's what I think makes Gucci closer to like the classic realm is like there's a lot of moments on here that takes you back For somewhere sure. yeah. mm-hmm. and that's not like when you hear Nikki on the album it's like whoa yeah like, that's true like this is before she's like fully blown Nicki Minaj like all the OJ features feel really good mm-hmm. when you hear Waka you remember a time when they weren't beefing oh when it was this yeah. unity yeah facts like there's all these like great moments Cam and Wayne sound really good together mm-hmm. yeah. uh, like the E40 there's so Bun B so many moments that even if I don't know if you'd be like oh this is 10 out of 10 but it takes you back somewhere if you were from that era. I don't know how a kid would listen to it today, but I think it holds up. Yeah, if you're not going to call it a whole classic, there's definitely enough moments for you to feel like, yeah, I'll listen to this album forever. I feel like one or two songs could have been taken off of here. Mm. And I still can't get over the transition from that first seven song run, right? To like Usher. (laughs) I get why that song is there, but every single time it's just like, oh, like it feels like the lights are coming on at the club. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, I gotta go home now. It's over now. (laughs) Party done. (laughs) Closing up shop. Thank you for coming out. That's like 20 records on there, right? Yeah, something like that. I almost feel like it's 17, which would be hilarious. I know the bonus on titles like 26 songs. Oh, the deluxe edition? Yeah, the deluxe edition is forever. Right. But uh, the clips are just a smooth 13? Yeah. 13 yeah, songs, yeah. yeah. The clips are never, neither of them have ever like really pressed the line for a million songs. I don't think any clips album has more than. They 13, were still operating songs, within like, like relative CD confines versus Gucci right. recognized. I'm on the internet. Yeah. I can yeah, do whatever yeah, the yeah, fuck I, yeah, I I'm want. Doing all of this shit out here right now. Yeah, because. That Gucci album, I felt like I was playing for like two hours earlier. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of Gucci, man. Like, you're going to really get a dose right. <laughs> of this East Atlanta but shit. But he kept like. it fresh. I give him that. Like, it was, it felt good. The clips was good, too, but I could tell, like, I might keep like three or four of these records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't need the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Not to mention that the Neptunes are terrible on this. Man, it was I'm so disappointing. The other, we were, Mike and I were driving back from our family's house um, in Pennsylvania. Or was it on the way up? I forget when we were playing Hell Hop No Fury. Anyway, we're on this road trip playing Hell Hop No Fury. And we were arguing over whether Clips is really Clips without the Neptunes because 
we had, were talking about the Kanye West track. Mm-hmm. But then when I revisited this album, I was like, oh, actually, never mind. The <laughs> Neptunes don't need to be in the picture at all. Well, the thing is, you can't have, but you can't, I don't think the clips, the clips would not be what they are if they didn't have the Neptunes to begin with. I get that. I don't know if they, like, if other people had done those beats with those raps or they had just had other raps, I don't know if they would have, I mean, it might have caught people's ear, but I just wonder what rate their career would have gone. Because they would never have gotten the locker room beat. Yeah, you wouldn't have got grinding. You wouldn't have gotten, like, um, uh, when the last time, time, like, you need those. Mr. Me Too. Like, you need those to, like, get the thing moving how it's supposed to move. And to me, those are, like, the foundational records of what it is. But at a certain point, it was, like, they needed to go their separate ways. Imagine if Gucci would have got the grinding beat. It that wouldn't be, be crazy. You think it'd be crazy? I don't know. He would. He would. I think he would have had to find. Well, I think he could have found a way to rap on it, but that for him to be mushmouth, that beat is like a little push forward. Yeah. I don't know what kind of pocket he would have found to like make it his. But I'm willing to hear it out. <laughs> No, I'm trying to imagine if, like, you just flip the production on one album to the other. Like, would you hear the clips on, like, Eliminate? Like, how would it sound? Because, again, we're still kind of talking about the same subject matter. We're not tragically jumping. But just imagine, like, how much is soundscape affecting the listening experience? I think there's a lot of, I think there's a few Gucci records that the clips probably could have got off. Yeah. I feel like They never went too south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never went there. But I think Bangladesh, I think the Bangladesh beats could have been Clipsy. Clipsy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I, can, I can see that. Oh my God. Any other last thoughts about the significance of these cocaine rap proto trap releases? Mm. Um, why would say this? I feel like. I mean, not that rappers ever necessarily stopped talking about selling drugs, but this was an interesting time of the rappers talking about selling drugs and still also, like Jay-Z talked about selling drugs, but he talked about a lot of other shit in mainstream records, or even if you pepper in references. Like, these guys were really pushing for full-time mainstream success off of cocaine. Which and is a hell of a drug. Which is a, which is a hell of a, which is a hell of a drug, <laughs> and clearly excites the people. It gets the people going. It gets the people going. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I'll remember. I'll definitely remember this Gucci album, in the long run, more than, than the Clips album. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But I'm 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 glad we can look back and kind of see who Pusha T was. Because mm-hmm. of Malice, we don't really have a lot to inform us of the kind of rapper he would have became if he would have kept pursuing this. But Pusha, we got to see how he took that last album and kind of manifested his own solo career, his own like personality, his mm-hmm. own. Because he really became a solo artist. You know, mm-hmm. someone that can exist outside of a group, put out records, and not necessarily have to have like the highest sales, but like you build your own fan base. So, yeah. you know, the whole Drake thing obviously elevated everything but even before then like Pusha T was like a legend 
in his yeah, own right. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think Pusha T was established as like when it comes to when it comes to MCs, yeah, and MCs of a certain era, like he's just one of those guys. Yeah, I think he's like what a a black thought is like yeah, certified, yeah, yeah, certified rapper, like certified rappers rapper, the board. yeah, and you know. I think him and Gucci have that like cultural icon thing in common. Obviously, mm-hmm. Gucci's is a much bigger icon, but Pusha T for different T, reasons. Too. Yeah, for different reasons. But yeah. I feel like Pusha T is like in the language of hip hop forever. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You can't remove. It. You have to tell his story. Yeah, you have to tell yeah, his story. story, and all the cocaine involved. Mm-hmm. But for, yeah, man, it was a good day. Yeah. Versus before, I feel like Pusha was definitely like the younger sibling, and you could tell just by the way. He acted and operated sort of like around his brother. He always kind of like deferred to him to kind of like bring the song home. And why not? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, um, versus here, I feel like he's he's starting to like entertain the thought. Like he gave an interview to like Mass Appeal talking about how this was an era where even though it was supposed to be celebratory, he felt like he had to make concessions because he just got this new label deal and they're expecting singles, they're expecting hits, mm-hmm. and Pushes just has a sinking feeling. He's like, I'm not that guy, not that guy. But I guess now, I mean, we're in an era where we can afford to have these trap folk heroes, and they know that people are gonna champion them no matter what. Yeah, I think they hold a special place in everybody's heart. Facts. it's okay we could just edit that out but yeah oh my god well what a weird december day this must have been yeah for both of these albums to be out i wonder how many people bought both oh my god yeah because i don't remember these two albums coming out at the same time like gucci felt like he dropped that summer I swear, like, I thought when I heard, when I saw that Wasted dropped in, like, September, I was like, what September? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean, this September? Song what are you talking hot. about? Well, September yeah. in Atlanta's still, like, 90, yeah. right? right? Like, yeah, you're definitely still outside. Like I said, I just thought I was, like, confused how all the dates happened, because, like, right. the clips feel like a fall album, like mm-hmm. a winter album. But, yeah, like, who went and bought both albums on that day? I feel like there was probably some crossover. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, feel I feel like, like they, they have a lot of the same fans. They're not that different. Well, if you bought both albums on this momentous day, <laughs> please let us know. Please let us know that you bought both albums. We just want to know who you're going to recognize you appropriately. Well, in the meantime, this is the season finale. We appreciate everybody for listening, everybody for rocking with us. Uh, we will keep you all posted on more episodes to come. But yep. in the meantime, something to say is produced here in the SWATs by Michael Saba. Uh, and you know, in order to keep this podcast going, if you feel like supporting us, throwing a couple bucks our way, head over to patreon.com slash something to say. 